Studio, a bi-weekly podcast examining best-in-class examples of branding, strategy, content, and technology in legal marketing. Each episode is devoted to a successful initiative, an innovative campaign, a promising technology, or an effective proven strategy for developing new business at firms ranging from solo attorneys to the largest international firms. I'm Michael Meyer, the host of The Legal Marketing Studio. In this episode, I'm joined by Carrie Rinker, the principal attorney at Rinker Law LLP. Carrie is a general practice attorney concentrating in food, agriculture, and environmental law. Rinker Law serves every segment of the food, fiber, and biofuel industry in addition to the everyday needs of New Yorkers. The firm also has a heavy matrimonial law and mediation practice. Carrie received an Excellence in Agriculture Law Award from the American Agriculture Law Association, was honored by the Best of the Barns competition as Best Livestock Lawyer in 2011, 2013, and 2014 named a 2015 New York Metro Rising Star by Super Lawyers, and received the Vision Award in 2010 from American AgriWomen. The American Bar Association named Carrie Rinker Law, PLLC's Food and Agriculture blog, a Blog 100 honoree in 2011. She is the current chair of the American Bar Association's General Practice Solo and Small Firm Division's Agriculture Law Committee on the rosters of mediators for the New York State Agriculture Mediation Program and the New Jersey Agriculture Mediation Program was formerly vice chair for the American Bar Association's section on the Environment, Energy, and Resources Special Committee on Young Lawyers, and a member of the City Bar Matrimonial Law Committee. She is also on the leadership board of the National Cattlemen's Beef Association's Young Producers Council. Carrie is on the show today to talk about the role her two books play in helping market her practice. Those books are Field Manual, Legal Guide for the New York Farmers and Food Entrepreneurs, and the recently released Onward and Upward, Guide for Getting Through New York Divorce and Family Law Issues, both published through CreateSpace. Carrie, welcome to the Legal Marketing Studio. Thanks for having me. That is quite a resume to get through. Quite a mouthful. Sorry for all the tongue twisters and long, uh, long titles there. Uh, so let's just start with a big picture question. Um, you've published two books now. Mm-hmm. What is the role that those books play in your strategy? What's the intent that you have for them within your larger goals? Well, I have a dichotomy to my practice. I do both horses and divorces. Uh, so you know, I have the food and agriculture side, and then I also have the family and matrimonial side. And a lot of people, particularly here in New York City, remember me as the food and agricultural lawyer. And uh, I really felt that my second book, the the one with going through a divorce and a separation would, would really help brand that other part of my practice as well. So I was really looking at both of my books from a branding perspective. All right. Now, I know that you, so you're incredibly active as a blogger, author, networker, educator, and speaker. Uh, so what is the role that, that the book plays in supporting all of these other roles that you play and all of these other uh, channels for marketing that you're, you're active with? I think it really brings it all together. And now, every single time a client comes for a consultation, I'm able to hand them a copy of my book. It solidifies, you know, my my presence to them um, as an authority in the practice area, whether or not it's on the food and the ag side or the family law and divorce side. And the books are there for an educational perspective. Now you can have lawyers that are reading the books. And so I think it all brings it together. So I'm going to jump ahead on one of my questions um, and then swing back again to talk about metrics and what success looks like for these books. Uh, but, but you noted that noted that even lawyers are reading your books. And, and I, I saw in one of the reviews on, on the Amazon listing for the agriculture book, 
that you and your co-author were praised for writing a book that was accessible to lay people, but that was um, technical enough that even lawyers would have would get get the expertise that they needed. So was this a goal to straddle both the lay and legal audiences? Is it a, a, a strategic decision? Oh, that's a good question. I think it was inadvertent. Uh, the book was targeted towards the non-lawyer, you know, hopefully the client, right, who's going to pick up my book and, and read, uh, read the book. But then after it was published, I realized that it was a great piece for lawyers to pick up as well, particularly lawyers who don't really practice in food or agriculture law. And then just today, I actually got an email from a mediator who's trying to do more work with divorce mediation, who found my book to be very helpful. So going back to uh, where we were just a moment ago, uh, what does what does success like for these books, given the role that they play in your marketing strategy? You know, what is success? What does success look like for for let's say the the new book on on divorce and and uh, New York? Yeah, that's a good question. So for clarification, these both of these books are actually self-published. I self-published them through CreateSpace, which um, leads the book to basically be sold via Amazon and Kindle. And, and recently now, I guess, on iBooks. But uh, So it's self-published, so I'm able to monitor the, the sales in, in that way. So success for me, of course, would be to, to have some steady income that comes in from the book's but more importantly, I think if I'm able to uh, really gain a solid reputation in the community as being a great resource, as a divorce and family lawyer, uh, have clients feel more comfortable in coming to me, uh, I think that's where the real success is in, in the book. Is there any way to, to track that? Any way that you can measure that or that you can see if that's working in the way that you hope it does? It's difficult. You know, I, I guess just uh, last week I had somebody contact me and they told me that they heard about my book and they wanted to meet with me. I think those are the te- things I'm going to have to keep note of, like if somebody would find me on Avo or another legal marketing website. I think it's just another tool that's out there. But uh, I think on the flip side of things, once they get to my office, if I'm able to show them that I published a book, think that adds another layer of credibility. If I think dealing with success as a professional, no matter what kind of professional or what kind of business that you're running, is can be challenging. You know, growth, business growth can also be challenging. So if I was going to all of a sudden have an influx in business due to my book, that would present challenges to me as a business owner. I have, I'm fortunate enough that I have a part-time, almost full-time associate that works for me. And you know, I might need to hire another attorney that works that that works uh, with me as well. And that per, per growing pains is also another part of business. But hopefully, those would be good growing pains over the long term, and it wouldn't just be a short term growth. So, uh, one thing that I know many attorneys struggle with, and that I see when I'm working with them, particularly building new websites, uh, and I see it tangentially. Uh, but one thing that I see on a lot of sites is that lawyers have a hard time writing for non-lawyers. Um, so you write across a number of different channels, the books being one channel, your blog being another, uh, and then I know that you write for a number of law publications as well. Um, so how do, you, how do you change your voice when you're writing for, say, your blog, which is a little more informal, 
or writing for professional publication or these books? How do you how do you juggle that? Yeah, that's a good question, and I, I think it's uh, it comes a little bit from a from a natural standpoint. I think that bloggers need to realize that that voice, and when you when you are blogging, is very different than writing an academic article or even a book. And uh, you, know, and for clarification, this book that I have here on the family and matrimonial law actually has around forty different authors. And so I, as an editor, had to deal with forty-eight different styles of writing, different tones, different voices, and. Uh, you as a, as a book, it, de- there, de- it there definitely is a different voice in writing a blog. Um, but in terms of trying to bring it down to the non-lawyer, I think that's a little bit of your inner teacher that comes out, trying to break things down, not trying to be the smartest guy in the room, just trying to lay the building blocks. And the goal for this particular book is not to lay out all the law so these people can go out and be their own lawyer and go practice on their own, but it's really to, to basically highlight why they need professionals. And the book highlights both both lawyer professionals and other, other types of professionals as well. But to just give enough information to lay why they need to hire an attorney to get involved. Uh, now, that, that brings up another interesting point. Uh, a lot of people in various professions, uh, but I've heard this from lawyers, are worried about giving away too much knowledge. They're worried that if you tell somebody what the issue is and if you tell somebody what the law is, that they're going to try and handle that on their own. Uh, so how do you handle that, or do you worry about that? I do, but I don't. I think that if somebody wants to go be their own lawyer, I think that they're making a very big mistake. There are always things that are come up. Every situation is different. No two prenuptial agreements, no two divorces are the same. And, um, and, and on the other side of my practice in agriculture, no two farm leases are the same. But can I write an article that, that talks about generally the big issues that people should think about in farm leases? Yes. But I don't include the, those farm lease provisions themselves and how two provisions might interact with one another. And so my hope is, is that the reader would then go to a professional to, for that extra layer. Right, so they're seeing that there's an issue, they're seeing that there's a challenge that they face, but hopefully once they see your expertise and your understanding and they feel compelled by your voice, then they're gonna come to you to actually help them meet that challenge rather than mess it up themselves and have you come fix it later on. Exactly, that's the hope. (laughs) Uh, So Carrie, uh, I know that you, like me, are a habitual networker, and we actually used to be part of the same networking group. Uh, so you mentioned, and this is something that struck me about, about your last book, was that you have so many contributors to the book. So much like networking, you know, you're putting yourself at the center of this network. Uh, you're putting yourself at the center of all of these different professions that tangentially touch on the issues that you're dealing with. Could you t- talk a bit about uh, how this helps the book's readers and, and hopefully you know, your clients, uh, how this further solidifies you as an expert in your field? Yeah, I mean, I think that that's really the special sauce of, of this particular project, um, that I have so many people that are contributing, both lawyers and non-lawyers. And uh, I, I took that on for multiple reasons. One, I wanted to establish, um, I, I wanted to provide that information so people know not just to contact lawyers, but there's other types of professionals that are also to be involved. But in terms of networking, I also thought that it'd be a great opportunity for me to connect with some other types of professionals 
and uh, get their perspectives on the issues. So is there any way to you know, measure that sort of expert positioning, any way to get a, a feel for how well it works in that, in that way? Um, you know, do you track LinkedIn requests? Do you track uh, networking requests, anything like that? Is there anything that you're tracking uh, in terms of that, that's positioning yourself at the center of this sort of web of, of good connections? That's a good question, and I probably don't do enough of metrics within my own practice. You know, I try to make notes of how people find me, but I'm not really keeping track of them from a quantitative um, perspective. The book just came out in in December, and I can tell you that just even since December, I received more referrals from the other authors of the book than I had during our previous experiences. I think that the, the other authors feel very grateful for their their opportunity, you know, in the book. And I think, you know, we just had a book release party and I was able to, you know, kind of be the be the star of the party. I'm the the compiler or the editor of the book. And I think so I think that there's very indirect ways um, of establishing that presence. But unfortunately I don't have any quantitative metrics right now is set up in, at this time. Yeah, you know, as your bio uh, and several earlier questions allude, uh, you are prolific in producing content. Um, not only are you producing all of this content for around your legal practice, uh, but I know you also have a very active Instagram feed and, and in social media you're extremely active. Do you have uh, like a system or a process just to maintain this kind of output of content? Um, not just, I mean, like the book is a very specific project, right. um, but how do you, you know, do you repurpose content across channels? Do you, do you have a plan for creating content over time and really maintaining that output? Yeah, I do. In fact, I have timed blogs that are already put in place between now and June. And, uh, and I don't have all my blogs done, but I have blogs that are timed um, for the next few months. So, so if I have a speaking engagement, for example, and I need to, to develop materials for lawyers. When I'm done with that speaking engagement, I ask myself, how can I repurpose this work? I just created this master outline for all these lawyers. Can I turn this into five blogs, 10 blogs? What can I do? Can I turn this into an article that's for farmers or for people that are going through a divorce? Um, is, is there a video blog? Is there something else that I can do with the same type of work? And as far as Instagram goes, I. And, and my other social media, I try to always have a variety of both personal and professional because people at the end of the day, and from my opinion, do business with people that they like and they know. And so I am always trying to be a, a real person um, that's out there in social media, but then also try to highlight my credibility uh, in the professional world. So if I have a speaking engagement, I might post a picture from that speaking engagement as well. Um, I was wondering if you'd go a, a little bit more in depth on the way that you cross-utilize. Um, so, you know, it makes sense that every speaking engagement you're looking for, you know, 300 or 500 words you can pull out for a blog post. Uh, but do you have like a regular process by which you uh, cross-purpose? You know, are you expecting every blog post to also serve some other purpose? Are you expecting every speech to, you know, so do you have a, a plan for how to cross-utilize across channels? 
That's a good question, and and I'm again I have a little bit of a disadvantage or a challenge because of my dichotomy. So my blog is food farm and family law, so I try to mix things up a little bit. I have some family law blogs and some ag law blogs. I try not to have too many of the same thing. So my my strategy is really just to try to keep keep them timed maybe on Mondays I would only have I would have the ag law blogs on Thursdays would be family law blogs and uh, would highlight speaking engagements maybe once every two weeks so there is a little bit of strategy like that but as far as the blog itself people do actually find me through the internet and through my blogs and through my search engine optimization but I don't have any like I don't have any per se goals as far as getting X number of clients through my blogs or anything like that. Uh, so going back to the books, we've kind of gotten away from the book a bit. Um, how much do you promote that book? How much effort do you have to put into making that that book work for you? Yeah, so I all the promotion has been done by myself. I haven't hired any public relations person to work with me yet, and that's sort of the next step that I'm thinking about doing with the book. Uh, so how much time? I developed its own website and worked with a videographer, which was fantastic. Uh, it was a, my first time really ever developing a professional video, which was, uh, I think it was well done. And um, the, the promotion so far with the book has been very... Um, D done by my own through social media. I have a constant contact page. I send a, a newsletter around the holidays. And that's that's basically has been it. What does that social media engagement look like in terms of the book? Are you sending out regular posts? Are these tweets? Are these blog posts or guest posts? What does that look like? So I have uh, a Twitter account. I actually have two Twitter accounts. I'm at Carrie Rinker, which is my name. That's my main account. And then I also have one for my business, which is at Rinker Law. I actually, on a monthly basis, sit down and I time tweets for both of my books um, that are out there. And then in the middle of all these time tweets, I have other tweets about my personal life or I'm working out or here's this article so it's definitely a hybrid but I do use Twitter to promote my book um, from a blog standpoint my plan is is especially the chapters that I contributed to maybe blog a portion of my article um, or portion of the chapter and then for more information you can check out the book so that's another um, another method that I plan on utilizing uh, so you mentioned you, you have a separate website for the book as well. Mm -hmm. That seems like a lot of uh, maintenance and a lot of extra mind share. Is, is that a, a lot of work, or is there a, a straightforward way that you've gone about putting that site together? Um, well, I looked at it also from a standpoint of search engine optimization. The website domain is uh, newyorkfamilybook.com, um, and there's also New York divorce.com. So there's two different websites that are geared for the search engine optimization. So in hopes that somebody, when they're Googling New York divorce lawyer, they'll come across that website. Uh, you know, I have great website designers that just that put it all together. So for me, it was a pretty seamless process. Excellent. Uh, well, do you have any future plans for another book? Is this something that, that, is, that has worked in a way that you are going to replicate and continue to do? Yeah. So my 
food in my agriculture law book is New York specific, and I'm actually bar licensed in the tri-state area and also my home state of Illinois. So my next book was, uh, I was thinking about writing the Illinois version of basically the, the New York food and agriculture law book. And I get a lot of questions from law students about being a food and agriculture attorney, and so I'm thinking about writing a book geared towards um, that profession. And uh, knowing that, it, you know, those types of books aren't going to probably make me a lot of money, but it positions me as an expert, hopefully, in the field. Great. Well, Carrie, thank you so much for joining me. I really want to thank you for joining me on this episode of the Legal Marketing Studio podcast. Uh, the Legal Marketing Studio podcast is a production of Picture More Business. The theme music was composed by Ryan Knock of Knock It Out Music. If you enjoyed this episode of the Legal Marketing Studio, please subscribe on iTunes or follow us on SoundCloud. Extended content, including photographs and links, can be found on our website, legalmarketing.studio. If you know someone who should appear on the Legal Marketing Studio, please reach out to producer at legalmarketing.studio or visit the contact page on our website, legalmarketing.studio. Thank you so much. Mm -hmm.